Hello, and welcome to Wellness Wednesday with 3W. Wellness Wednesday is sponsored by 3W Medical for Women, a nonprofit medical clinic offering free of charge or low cost reproductive health services to women in the Seattle area, regardless of income or insurance status. 3W does not profit off of the reproductive health choices women make. The information shared in this podcast is the opinion of the speaker or speakers. Medical information is not intended as individual medical consultation, but for general education only. Always consult your own health professional for personalized advice regarding medical decisions. And if you're in the Seattle area, consider making an appointment to consult with us. I'm Helen Nguyen, CEO and co-founder of 3W Medical for Women and the host of today's podcast. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Wellness Wednesday with 3W. This is the podcast for 3W Medical for Women. Today, we have a special guest speaker. Well, she's not really a guest, but she's Dr. Susan Rutherford. You've heard her on here a ton of times, and she's going to be talking about TB today and her personal experience with it. But I just thought it, it, it it's a really great topic to just learn more about. You know, we we talk about TB a lot, but what does it really do? How does it affect people? And how do you get it? But another special thing is this is our 50th episode. This is our 50th podcast episode. So thank you to everyone that has been listening to us from the very beginning, has been subscribing, has been passing it on to their family and, and friends. We're so very grateful that you've been joining us thus far. And here's another wonderful episode that you get to listen to. So welcome, Sue, again. Thank you. I can't <laughs> I believe it's 50. Abbeys. 50. Isn't that crazy? It is crazy. Yeah. And we just started it last year. So, yeah. Well, when Helen said, let's talk about TB, I said, TB, why in the world would you want to talk about that? <laughs> and, um, but she said there's like TB awareness next week or yes. this week or something. Yes. And so I thought, oh, well, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And actually, TB is a big topic in the healthcare community, mm-hmm. and all the hospitals and clinics have to have protocols and they're yes. very strict yes. and everybody that's hired has to get TB test to make yeah. sure they're negative. Mm-hmm. And so there's, it's really a big deal. But in fact, if you go to the CDC, they have some very interesting data. Their last data is from 2019, but you know, the United States has one of the lowest TB case rates in the world. Wow. Yeah. And it's been going down. They've been monitoring it since 1953. Wow. For me, that was a landmark year, shall I say, but no more. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> but anyway, my father had TB. Yes. Yeah. He had TB from uh, the Solomon Islands in the South Pacific, wow. World War II. Wow. Yeah. But anyway, 2019 was the lowest case numbers in on record in the United wow. States, too. Wow. The, the other very interesting uh, tidbit I found on their website was they said that year that over 71% of the reported TB cases in the United States occurred among people born outside the United States. Mm, okay. So the big source of TB is really people born elsewhere. Okay. Uh, so Africa, I know we had a we had a young woman who worked with us for a while mm-hmm. who we said, oh, we got to do the TB screening. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And she was a volunteer first. And then and we do the TB screening to make her an employee. And it was like, oh, Well, it's positive. Oh, well, I worked in an orphanage in In Kenya a few years ago. (laughs) 
So that's where she picked it up, and she okay. had to go through the through the treatment, the right. suppressive treatment. Right. The people that are most at risk are those that are living with somebody with TB mm-hmm. or people like with HIV mm-hmm. whose immune systems are really compromised. Uh-huh. It is a bacterial illness, but it's it's kind of a nasty bacteria in okay. a way. It can't be treated with just any kind of antibiotic. There are only mm-hmm. some very uh, specific drugs that are used. And and if those drugs aren't taken properly for the mm-hmm. full course, you have to take them faithfully, take them for a number of months, you know, take the full doses. If they're not prescribed correctly, then you can end up with drug-resistant TB, and that's becoming a huge international problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know when I was in Africa, I've been to Africa a few times, and mm-hmm. mission hospitals, that sort of thing. Yeah, They had a big problem getting people to continue taking, taking their TB medications. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, anyway, that's where some of that drug resistance comes mm-hmm. from. But mm-hmm. there is some in the United States as well, and so okay. it's a problem. Well, let's let's back up really quick. So TB stands for oh tuberculosis. Tuberculosis. Yes. And how you get tested for it because it's a policy here at the clinic. That's right. That, and we actually do test our volunteers too. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Anybody that interacts yes. potentially with yes. a with a patient, yes. right? But if you've been previously tested, that counts. You'd have to carry those records with you, though. It's the right. best thing for someone to do if they're going to move around if mm-hmm. they've been tested take those records so that sure. you don't have to get retested. Mm-hmm. That used to be the policy is that like every couple of years, people had to have a TB test if they mm-hmm. worked in a hospital. Mm-hmm. It, the CDC has changed it. So mm-hmm. you upon hire, before you're actually put to work with patients and everything, mm-hmm. you get you get the TB test. And it's mm-hmm. a series of two tests, okay. one shot, and then a few days later, a second one to see you know whether or not it's positive. Well, how? why is it important that any everybody that works here at the clinic get tested for TB before they become an official staff person. Why is that important? Because we don't want to take any risk of, of communicating it to our patients. Got it. Or each other, mm-hmm. but especially to the patients. Mm-hmm. Of course, right now with the masks, the masks, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there's a lot of debate about COVID, but they definitely help prevent the transmission of TB mm-hmm. because TB is airborne. Mm-hmm. You can't get it by shaking hands or that uh, other kinds of, you know, mm-hmm. similar physical contact or sharing dishes. Although when I was a little girl, I remember my mother having this huge frying pan. And mm-hmm. after, uh, after meals, she would wash my dad's dishes, put them in the frying pan with water and literally boil wow. his dishes and his silverware and everything. Wow. Yeah. With, uh, so to prevent us getting it. And, yeah. and he would have to periodically collect his sputum samples, and those would get sent to labs. He was mm-hmm. a veteran, mm-hmm. so all this was done through the VA. Mm-hmm. And when I was in grade school, there were several times when he spent a few months at a time away in some VE, VA hospital, either like the, I think, was it the Tri-Cities, you know, someplace in Eastern mm-hmm. Washington and mm-hmm. Portland. Mm-hmm. We'd drive down to Portland to visit him on some weekends, and it was quite interesting. that He got it. You know, right at the end of World War II is when they first started developing some of the antibiotics for it. Uh, the first one was streptomycin. But before that, when he first was diagnosed, they didn't have those antibiotics. Mm-hmm. And what they did was they simply tried to make sure people were well-fed mm-hmm. and you know, and otherwise healthy. Mm-hmm. So apparently when... Oh, he's, the hospital was in Walla Walla. So he came back from Walla Walla one time, mm-hmm. and my mother had to get him 
all new clothes, even socks, because he had put on so much weight. Oh, my gosh. they fed him and fed him and fed him. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. It wow. was funny. But um, <laughs> yeah, so when I was in eighth grade, both my mother and I tested to- positive for TB. We used to have to get tested very regularly mm-hmm. down at the King County Public Health Building mm-hmm. and get our chest x-rays, and we were going down there every year. Mm-hmm. Um, but we both uh, tested positive, and then we had to go on a year of medication to wow. suppress it. Yeah. Wow. So I have a positive skin test. Wow. But so now the screening for me is, well, do you have any symptoms? Do you have any cough? Are you coughing mm-hmm. up blood? Do you have any weight loss? Mm-hmm. My answer to that is I wish. But <laughs> <laughs> don't you we know? All. No. <laughs> um, you know, and and basically uh, you yeah, you you start losing weight, you have sure. these respiratory symptoms mm-hmm. um if you have it. And now the CDC says we only once somebody's been tested the first time unless they have a specific exposure they don't have to do the testing again. They can just answer those same sorts of questionnaires mm-hmm. as a, on an annual basis. So that's kind of wow. nice. So the TB test is, remind me again, because I hate taking it, but it's it's like an injection yes. right it, under the skin. Right under the skin, okay. usually in the forearm. Okay. And the little bleb of medicine sits there and the immune system tries to fight it off if they're, you know, and so if you've previously been exposed, mm-hmm. then your immune system knows what to fight. And it all of a sudden shows up and mm-hmm. it causes your skin to have this red round reaction to it because mm-hmm. the immune system has gone nuts mm-hmm. trying mm-hmm. to fight it off. And right. that says, oh, you've been exposed, you have antibodies or you mm-hmm. know, you have a reaction to it. So, And if you don't have TB, it kind of like absorbs into your... Yep. You okay. can't see anything. Yeah. Yeah. So is it... I guess, like, is it important for everybody to have a TB test at some point in their life? Or is it just folks that are working in the medical world? I think folks that are working in the medical world, you know, in our clinic, we're not too likely to see positive Mm -hmm. TB cases and certainly not symptomatic ones. Mm -hmm. But people that work on inpatient units of the hospital, medical Mm -hmm. inpatient units, Mm -hmm. and... um, those that work in pulmonologist clinics or even primary care, they should probably certainly get tested in the beginning and at least the the surveying. Okay. But the but those are the people that are at risk. Okay. So if unless or somebody that lives with with uh, the person with TB, yeah, then yeah. they should get tested. But otherwise, people don't need to get tested. Okay. So we don't general. we don't test patients. No, we don't test patients. Okay. No. Okay. So, and if we had a patient that I was worried about yeah. because they'd been weight loss and they were coughing and coughing yeah. up blood and that yeah. sort of thing, they came here for their pap smear, but by the right. way, I don't feel very good. Sure. Then I would as quickly as possible get them into a good primary care. Mhm. To follow up on that. And is is that very easy to have access to that test or is Oh yes. It, okay. Oh yes. Okay. Uh, yeah, I suspect especially a lot of primary care offices they probably have some on hand or periodically have a supply. Okay. Um, yeah. Is it something for folks that travel a lot to other countries? Is it something wise Especially, to get? Especially, yes. Well, I'd say if you spend any significant time off the beaten path traveling, mm-hmm. uh, I'm thinking of Southeast Asia and Africa mm-hmm. especially, mm-hmm. then that might be worthwhile doing is getting a test. Okay. Okay. And travel advisories, you can find those on the State Department website. Right. There are travel clinics in this area. 
oh, uh, yes. travel medicine clinics, mm-hmm. and they'd be the people to talk to. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so when you when you get a positive TB test, you said they go on a certain medication and you have to take it for a certain amount of time. Yes. What is that medication again? It's an well, antibiotic? Well, there's several different ones. And um, uh, yeah, there's several different medications. And basically taking into account whether or not they think there's a risk of it being multi-drug resistant. Okay. So... Okay. Yeah. And and once you take that medication to consistently until mm-hmm. it's gone, yeah. does that mean the TB is no longer inside your body or Well, that's what I thought until I talked to somebody a number of years ago who said that it still could reactivate. You might have a little pocket of it. Mm-hmm. But the drug I took was isoniazid. And but there's like rifampin. Mm-hmm. These are pretty hefty antibiotics, and usually only used for this uh, for a few types of bacteria. Okay. Yeah. Does TB impact reproductive health at all? Yes. Funny you should ask. TB can be a cause of infertility. People can have oh. TB. They call it latent TB. Not know they have it. But it can not just infe- affect their lungs, but it can affect their internal organs, especially, believe it or not, the fallopian tubes. Wow. So they can end up with blocked, damaged fallopian tubes as a result of tuberculosis. It's a common cause of infertility in Africa. Wow. And one time when I was in Africa... <laughs> <laughs> oh, the did, story. <laughs> yeah. They they did the first ever laparoscopy at the hospital I was visiting and mm-hmm. helping with first ever one they'd done and they looked inside and the her entire lining of the abdomen was covered with all these little white dots little white bumpy dots all mm-hmm. over the place mm-hmm. something called miliary tuberculosis and so they took a little biopsy of mm-hmm. the lining of her abdomen and mm-hmm. she had it all over her tubes too and mm-hmm. um so they took a little biopsy and i actually sort of smuggled it back <laughs> in sort my of. luggage <laughs> For research people. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Well, the problem is, is they were so isolated that trying to get it to a pathologist in Africa to process and examine Mm -hmm. would take months. Right. Yeah. And I was like, I'm leaving next week. Why don't I just take it home and we'll we'll get you word by primitive email at that time, but still by email. And so you'll know within a few weeks the results. That's hilarious. Yeah. (laughs) So that's what we did. Dr. Rutherford, smuggler of TB samples. (laughs) So can you see the TB on fallopian tubes through ultrasound or through like a transvaginal? uh, Probably you have to do it surgically. In this case, it was a laparoscopy. Okay. Okay. But yeah. So it's not something you can detect with an ultrasound You wouldn't? No. Mm Mm-mm. No, okay. and you might detect that the tubes are blocked or something like that through mm-hmm. trying to inject dye up into the uterus and watch it go out through the tubes under, mm-hmm. you know, under X-ray. Mm-hmm. But which is that's a common procedure done to work up infertility to see if that's one reason somebody's not getting pregnant. Mm-hmm. And that could be TB, it could be previous infection, pelvic inflammatory disease, endometriosis, mm-hmm. lots of reasons. Mm-hmm. So you're not going to see it on ultrasound as to which of those reasons is causing the tubal problem. Got it. Okay. So the only way that you could detect if you have TB in the original place or in your fallopian tubes is through that test, correct? 
that will tell you if your body has has had TB and has formed a response to it. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yes. Okay. Whether you got sick from it, I mean, I think they just always consider it potentially latent TB mm-hmm. if you have a positive skin test but no symptoms. Okay. Yeah, but it needs it needs to be treated because it can sit there for a long time and eventually cause serious illness or death. So, mm-hmm. why do you think the numbers of TB affected folks have have dropped in the United States? Why do you think that's that's happened? a really good question? Is it because we're you know, more well, diligent in testing? Uh, that could be. I mean, it used to be that when people were immigrating to the U.S., they had to have a chest X-ray, they had to have a TB test, mm-hmm. they had to have, I think, testing for hepatitis, something like that. Um, okay. Because when I was stationed overseas in Japan, we'd have we'd be part of processing people, giving them physical exams as part of their immigration protocol. Well. Although it's not clear why it's going down, it's very interesting that the majority of cases in TB cases in the United States occur in California, Texas, New York, and Florida. Why specifically those states? I'm thinking because of the immigration High immigration? Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah. Okay. High immigration okay. levels. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Since over 70% mm-hmm. are found in immigrants. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So... So the medication that you take, does it does it make? Are there any side effects to the medication that you take to cure TB or to manage um, TB? So yes, I don't know all the side effects. Okay, I'd have to look them up again. Mm-hmm. I I experienced one of them from the isoniazid, and that was that I started losing my brain. <laughs> Oh. I st- yeah, I started flunking math tests. Math was my best subject. Yeah. Yeah, I mean I couldn't I couldn't believe it. I started having trouble remembering people's names. Wow. And it, my mother who usually had every single phone number of any, anybody she knew memorized. Uh-huh. She couldn't remember those. You know, so and we were both going through this at the same time. Yeah. So an internal medicine friend of the family, friend of my father's, I had put him on vitamin B6, pyridoxine. And so we started on that. He said, this is what's going to help you. And we started on that, and it was amazing to recover our memories and our brain functioning and everything. But it was a really good experience because I had a few close friends in junior high school. This was when I was in junior high, mm-hmm. who were C students, mm-hmm. you know. And I was an A student without a lot of work. Mm. at it and but these were just wonderful people and they were we were good friends and some of them Mm -hmm. i'd walk home Mm -hmm. with and that sort of thing right and but they'd struggle Mm -hmm. you know and i i you know i just i still loved them but i you know i didn't understand Mm -hmm. didn't really talk with them about it but um but then when this started happening to me i thought of them i had Mm. one friend named kathy and i thought oh this is how Kathy feels all the time, mm. you know? Mm-hmm. So everybody has to find, of course, where they're gifted and and uh, where they can truly have a very satisfying life. Mm-hmm. And it's not going to be academics for everybody. Right. You know? So, uh, but that was really interesting. That, was mm. a, that gave me a real opportunity to kind of walk in somebody else's shoes. Yeah. And so I've always remembered that. And when I feel frustrated with a patient 
or a coworker or something. It's not very often with the coworkers here, I must say. <laughs> but when I feel frustrated, I think of that. Mm-hmm. And I think, okay, what am I missing? What would it feel like to be in their shoes? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so I know we were talking about TB, but TB has a philosophical aspect yeah. for me. Yeah. And it's that story in particular. Wow, that's so good. That's really powerful, Sue, that you are able to get such a huge emotional experience out of it, too. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, that was a, that was a gift. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, anything else our listeners should know about TB that you would like to share? No, just encouragement that if you have any relatives or friends or people that have come mm-hmm. from overseas in particular, mm-hmm. they should, this is something they should probably check and into. take seriously. And take seriously. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 And, and, and it looks like the ability to test is very accessible in oh, a lot, yes. of, a lot oh, yes. of different places. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, listeners out there, if you have any further questions for us on like where to go, you know, if you've been potentially exposed or have family members that are coming to visit, like, uh, like Dr. Rutherford said, uh, and you're a little concerned, please give us a call. We're, we're very accessible to you and maybe we can help navigate that conversation for you and, and navigate yeah. where to go to get resources. We're not experts on TB, but and there are a lot of things we're not expert on, frankly. Yeah. But you know, what we are expert on is we're really good at saying, we're not going to give up. Yes. We're going to try and find an answer for you. Yes. Even if we have no clue what's going on or point you to a place where to where to go. Yes. We're only a phone call away mm-hmm. to do that for you. So thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Sue, who's so wonderful <laughs> and sharing with us your personal story about your dad. And I know how much he, he means to you. And so this was really great to be able to mention him in a podcast. So thank you so much for all of our listeners t- for tuning in. And here's to episode 50. And thank you so much. Bye-bye. For more information about 3W, please visit our website at 3wmedical.org. That's the number three, the letter W, medical.org. From there, you can learn more information about the services we provide, book an appointment, or make a donation if you'd like to support our mission. You can also call our office at 206-588-0311. That's 206-588-0311. If you like this episode, please share it with others and consider subscribing on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss an episode. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, stay healthy and be well.